started talking about different evidences of a changed life, of what my life was like before I knew Jesus, and what my life should look differently because I know Jesus. We should no longer be living as the old man, we should be living as the new man. We had three different examples of ways that our lives were different. First, we talked about how we should tell the truth. We shouldn't lie to each other, we shouldn't deceive each other, we shouldn't say something that's going to mislead people. We should state the truth, whatever it is, because whether or not you get away with lying, the truth remains the same. We talked about how we should not sin in our anger. We talked about that guy who got so mad, he threw his ball, it bounced up impossibly high and hard, and hit the TV, and now he, he's driving the bus, one day we can afterwards pay for that. We should not be like that guy. We should not be like, uh, we should be a person who gives rather than takes. We should be looking out for the interests of others rather than trying to satisfy the interests of our own by stealing from other people things that do not belong to us. There should be an evidence. There should be a change in our life from what it was before to what it is today. Today we're going to find Another evidence. We're going, we're going to be focusing on one evidence today. And this is a terrible evidence. This is a, a terrible message. Uh, I, I told Todd when uh, he came to see me on Thursday and kind of discussed this a little bit. I said, if you can get up and tell people they are not going to be happy by the time they leave the I don't see how you're going to be happy. I hope you don't look at me and say, Josh is a bad guy. Because this is what you be looking at your own life and saying, man, I know I, I struggle with this, but I'm going to do better. We're going to be talking about controlling our tongue. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to the needs that it may benefit those who listen. Let's pray that the right words would come out of my mouth. Dear God in heaven, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the scripture. God, you know that this is a it's kind of a tough thing to have to hear. It's something we could use repeatedly during every single week, every single day, because we struggle with our tongue. I pray that God you would give me your words to say so that I say what you want me to say. And even if I don't say something that you would help us to hear what you want us to hear as far as it. I just pray for clarity of speech. I pray that this would come out as your words and that you would be honored and I pray this in Jesus' name. So uh, I don't know the last time we went to the doctor. Uh, I think about Nikki. I thought about Nikki today. Uh, not that she actually does this, I don't think. Uh, I haven't actually experienced this at the doctor's. But you guys have gone to the doctor's. I know if you get a cold, they, they take you to the doctor's and they, they take that melt, that, that wooden stick, and they cram it down your throat, right? On your tongue. And what do you say? On the count of three, I want you to please humor me and say what is it that they want you to say? One, two, three. Ah! Okay, good. That was better than I expected. <laughs> now I know who's awake. Now I know who's a good sport. And now we all know everybody has a tongue. Right? So this means this message applies to everybody. In some ways, it's worse for the guy up here because in James it says, not many of you should presume to be teachers because those who teach are going to be judged more strictly. But we all have a tongue, so this is going to apply to all of us. We're going to start out by looking at the wrong use of our tongue. In the King James, it says corrupt communication, but in the NIV, it says unwholesome talk. 
meaning harmful, bad, poor quality, rotten words that should not be coming out of our mouths. If this was a fish, you would not eat this fish. If, if rotten words were a fish, it would be that word, it's that fish that's decayed, it's a terrible color, it's Oh, it's got that terrible foul odor. It's that extra slimy. It's yucky. There's no way if this was a fish, you would put this into your mouth. These bad words, you would not put them into your mouth. If it was a fruit, it would be squishy. It would be discolored. It would be yucky. It would be brown. And we would not let these, these items go into our mouth, even out of desperation. But somehow we will let words like this come out of our mouth. Okay, so we, this is the wrong use of our tongue, is to let things like this come out of our mouth. We would stay far away from these things if it was a food, but yet this is what comes out of our mouths, and this should not be. Uh, words that are unwholesome are words that tear people down. Whether I get mad and I yell to your face, or I say it behind your back and you never hear it, or I mutter it under my breath. You know how that goes sometimes. You know you can't get away with saying it, but you can mumble it. Kids, right? You can mumble what you're thinking, your parents don't quite hear it, uh, but those unwholesome words are not helpful to building each other up. We should not be saying those things. And there's a temptation as humans, from, from the earliest time that you can talk till the last breath you take, to say things that should not be said. Uh, unwholesome talk, things that are not helpful or encouraging today. And think about Paul. Who is Paul talking to? Anybody want to yell out loud? Who's Paul talking to? What's that? All of us. All of us, right? He's talking to believers. He's talking to believers, and the Lord's saying, Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And He's saying, As you would talk to each other, to other believers, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Yes, it shouldn't be happening out there, but Paul is talking specifically to believers because He says, Only what is helpful for building each other up. So He's saying, as a brother in Christ, don't talk to another brother in Christ with unwholesome talk coming out of your mouth. Some examples would be uh, slandering, gossip, critical speech, or bad language. In chapter 5, verse 4 of Ephesians, it says, Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. You know, this idea of what comes out of our mouth is, is pretty important, I think, to Paul, because we talked about it last week with telling the truth, which involves a tongue. Today we're talking about unwholesome speech. Next week we're going to have to go through this passage of dealing with foolish talk, coarse joking, things like that. And then we get to still, yet again, this is a very, it's a, it's a lot of references to the mouth with such a short amount of scripture. He says, don't let any obscene talk come out of your mouth. What's indecent? What's shameful? No foolish talk. Some stupid, worthless I don't talk. Don't let that come out of your mouth. Some coarse joking, some vulgar or rude humor. That's what's all you find on TV these days, right? All that sort of vulgar, rude humor. Um, Todd, Todd was up, like I said, he was up visiting me this week. Uh, every other Thursday he comes up there and, and hangs out with me. And I said, Todd, what's this look like? What does vulgar humor look like? And we, he didn't. He didn't say the words. You know, that's a good thing. You don't get in the church and say, don't say these words. We all know what fits into this category, so we don't have to give specific examples. Don't spend too much time thinking about it. You just know what it is, so don't say it. But we came across a verse in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 19. It says, 
Uh, a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. I deceived you, I put you down, I insulted you, and then I said, I'm just kidding. Right? That's the kind of stuff that should not be coming, because you know there's so much truth in that. You don't say, you're a joke, or you're a jerk, I'm just kidding, because you know that's the kind of truth that's really how that person feels. That is not what should be coming out of our mouths. Now, I wish I could stand up here and say, I've got the corner on this. I have figured out how to control my tone, but I can't. I, I have not I have not found the ability to do that. And James in the Bible says, actually, you can't do this. In James chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, it says, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, I know that the dolphin's been tamed. You know, there's three willy. You know, you have the orca whale at the zoo. You have bears that are in movies. You have cougars. You have all sorts of animals. You know, my dog, about the one thing he can be tamed to do or trained to do, uh, Todd knows this too, is when you say sick him, he just starts barking up a storm. I don't know what, he doesn't bite you, he doesn't do anything else, but that's about the most you can get out of trouble to train him. But all sorts of crazy animals have been tamed. And that's a whole separate mind. But if you have a bear's mind, it's a wild animal, you can train that bear. But your own mind, your own head, you cannot control your tongue not to say something that it shouldn't say. Not even the sweetest woman in this room can tame, train or tame her tongue not to say something hurtful. She can control it, but she cannot tame her tongue. We cannot program our brain to never say gossip, to never lie, to never insult, to never slander. Otherwise, I guarantee you I would. So because we cannot tame our tongue, we have to control our tongue. I can't tame my tongue, so I have to control my tongue. I've got to keep it under control. James says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord. Now, I was, I was thinking about this, the hymns that we're singing. I was thinking about the prayer songs. You know, when we get up here on a Sunday say, I love you, Lord. I can tell you guys how great God is, and I can praise God today. But you know what I can do as soon as I walk out this door, or as soon as I go home, or as soon as tomorrow I hit my thumb with a hammer? I can just let any other words fly out of my mouth. Because he says, you know what, if you have a fruit tree, or a big tree, it can only produce that fruit. Uh, you know, I, an olive tree cannot produce a fig. It is impossible. If you have a spring of water, it can produce salt water, or it can produce fresh water. It cannot do both. But your tongue is much more capable. It can produce good words, and it can produce bad words, which is why we have to keep it under control. He says this should not be, but it, it can be, so we've got to keep that under control. It's important that we do. Because it says in verse chapter, James chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. You know, your tongue is pretty defenseless. It's got taste buds on it. You know, it can't it can't hurt you. There's no nothing to it. It's not you can't I mean you can't do much with that tongue except for eat taste. That's it, right? It's not gonna kill anybody, it's not gonna really physically hurt anybody, but this tongue can get you into a lot of trouble. Emily is going to give you one example of times when I got in trouble with my tongue. I was in second grade. 
I don't know what it was like. We had big kids in our class watching us. And I don't I don't know the whole all the things that surrounded it, but some big kid, some big boy, man size compared to a second grader, said, sit down and be quiet. I sat down and I stood up and said, Who's gonna make me? <laughs> then I said, oh. <laughs> That was the end of that. But your tongue, it is it is a, a, a amazing part of your body, but it can get you into all sorts of trouble. It's, it can make boasts that you can do something, that you are able to accomplish something, but it, it doesn't it can't actually pr- produce that action. You know, there's a story that I'm, I'm probably gonna butcher here, so please forgive me, but about a gal who had gone around gossiping. And she felt convicted, or she was confronted, she wouldn't talk to the pastor, and she says, what do I do about this? He took a piece of paper, ripped it up into all kinds of pieces, and said, I want you to go outside the door of her house and let it go. So she said, come back and see me tomorrow. So she did that. Well, the next day, she came back and said, now what do I do? He said, I want you to go pick up every little piece of paper that you can find. And she says, I can't. The wind has blown, it's gone everywhere. And that's exactly what happens. When you let it fly out of your mouth, you all of, all of a sudden have no control of where it's going to go, of what it's going to do. And your tongue can get you fired. Your tongue can break your, your spouse's heart. Your tongue can uh, upset your boss. I mean, it, can do, it can hurt everybody. It can ruin your testimony. It can do such great things. But it's a fire. It started. It's a forest fire that goes, and you all of a sudden have no control over this. It's one little piece of flesh that we all have that we're all born with that we don't all keep control of. So, I can't program my mind not to say certain things. How do I control it? Okay, so I'm going to give you five ways that you can control your tongue or that's going to help you to control your tongue. And I'll tell you number number five is the hardest. So just keep this in mind. In some ways, it gets worse by the time we get to number five. Number one is to pray before you start your day. In Psalms 141, verse 5 says, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. You know what a guard does? It either keeps things out or it keeps things in. Right? Put, and the author of this psalm says, Please, keep these things from coming out of my mouth. They are not supposed to come out. Please. You know, in uh, youth group, that's what I call the big kids in Awana. I call it youth group now. We talked about Psalms chapter 139, verse 4. Uh, and it, it talks about our tongue. And this is this is the perfect reason why you really need to go to God uh, for a lot for control of your tongue. It says, "Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord." God already knows what's going to want to come out of your tongue, out of your mouth today. God's already going to know what does your day look like. You have plans for your day every single day of what you want to accomplish. But he already knows what's going to be the block right off the bat in the morning. He already knows how your boss is going to give you an assignment that you don't want. He already knows you're going to get that flat tire. He already knows what's going to come your way. So you might as well just say, God, you know what's coming. You know what I should not say, so please put a guard over my mouth so what doesn't come out doesn't come out. And I started praying that this week. I mean, I had prayed it before, but I started praying this week. Please just... Shut me up. Keep my mouth from saying things that I should not say. So if you're serious about wanting to make sure that only the right things come out of your mouth, this is a great thing to start with. Before your feet, even 
say, you know, if I'm, if I'm struggling with lust, I'm going to run away from it. If I'm struggling with taking something that I'm not supposed to, I'm going to run away from it. The exact same thing works for saying something that you should not say. No temptation has, taken, has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Everybody has a tongue. Everybody's going to want to say something that you shouldn't say. But God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but will always provide a way out. You know, thinking about, we're hanging out with our, our friends at school, going back to youth group, we're hanging about with our friends at school, and we're hearing something that, uh, we, we, we know the juicy gossip. We, we just got that. There's something in, in, innate in a human that when you know something, you want to tell it. At least I have it. Right? If I have information, I want to tell somebody something. And, and that seems to be the case. And if you're in a situation where you're going to say something that you're not supposed to, because somebody is... You've got that juicy gossip, or somebody's yelling in your face, and you want to let them have it back, or you, you've been insulted or offended, and you want to say something that you shouldn't say, you know what you should do? Is walk away. Leave the situation. Don't sit there and say, I'm going to hold it, I'm going to wait, I'm going to bite my tongue. If you can leave the situation, leave. Flee it. Don't try to be mad enough to hold it. Just walk away. So we're going to pray and ask God, please help me not to say anything. When that opportunity comes, we're going to flee the situation. Now let's just say you're stuck on a bus. I'm with a bunch of kids. I'm stuck in the office. We're all on the coffee table. I cannot leave because we're having a meeting. Uh, and I, I cannot flee. What do I do? Well, I'd say, bite your tongue. Proverbs 10, 19 says, When words are made, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. And that might mean going like this. I'm holding my tongue. I am not going to talk. Because I... Because I'm not going to say this. It might mean you literally bite your tongue. You know, you just put your hand over your mouth. You just decide no matter what. And I know that's hard to do. I've had to do it. And I've been able to do it. Because I was in a situation I couldn't get out of. So I know it's possible. I know it's hard to do. But if you determine no matter what somebody says, I'm not going to say anything, you're able to, to, to keep your mouth shut. But once in a while, you say, I've got to say something. I can't just, there's a right thing that needs to be said. Well, number four says, think before you speak. Proverbs 15 and 28 says, the heart of the righteous weighs his answer, but the mouth of the wicked gushes follow, folly. Think to yourself before you speak, should I really say this? Is this really going to help the situation, or is it going to hurt the situation? If God was sitting right here when I said this, would God be pleased? And that's a lot to think through. If you're in a conversation or a fight with somebody, that's a lot to try to think through, but you've got to train your mind to do that. Because otherwise, you're going to be saying something that you shouldn't. You're going to be sinning with your speech, and you don't want to do that. <laughs> Number five. This is, this is really, it's really easy to say. It's really easy to do, but at the same time, it's really hard to do. We talked about this in a youth group also. Stop the intake of whatever wants to be the outtake. Luke 6.45 says, The good man brings good things out of the good store of his heart. Makes sense? I got good stuff in. What's going to come out? Good stuff. The evil man brings evil out of the evil store of his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Obviously, that's going to include your actions, but mainly your speech. What comes in, it is what is going to come out. And that's going to mean some tough decisions. But if you're serious, uh, this will help you control your tongue if you don't put it in. 
think about the movies that you watch. What kind of language is running through that movie? Because what comes in is what's going to want to come out. Or the songs that you listen to. Man, I love that beat. I'm not listening to that song lyrics. I'm, I'm hearing the music, but I'm not listening to the song lyrics. That's still an intake. What about my friends? Right? You, we all have friends. I'm sure we all have friends who don't always use the best language. And there's a, you can't get away from it completely. I'm not saying 100% hide in a bubble and try to stay away from it. But if you are around somebody who's constantly using God's name in vain, who's constantly cussing, who's constantly gossiping, who's constantly speaking evil things, you might have to cut that relationship off. Or you might have to remove yourself from that relationship more often. And that's why I say this is the hardest one. Because this is going to be the biggest life change. That book that you're reading, you know that author wrote that book so well, it's like a red mind. That character is bad and he's letting somebody else know exactly what you think. And exactly, they're saying exactly what you would want to say if you were in that position. That might mean getting rid of that book or not reading books like that. This is where the rubber seriously meets the road. If you want to tame your tongue, you're going to have to do drastic things about it. And that's a hard thing to do, but you can do it if you want to. But if it's not up here in your memory bank, it's not going to come out of here out of your mouth. Now, when I was a kid, I was a junior, and I was, and it would be the equivalent of walking across from the school to the shop class. Okay, so just picture that in your mind, and picture a house next door, wherever that is, with a five-year-old little kid, four or five-year-old little kid. And we'd walk over to the shop class because I took horticulture in my shop. <laughs> but that's where we'd go. And there was this five-year-old little kid that was who stand on the corner and would just yell every single bad word that you could think of. And I, I don't know who taught him this, but you know why he said those bad words? Because he heard those bad words. He has no idea what he's saying. He's not, he has no idea what he means, but all he knows is all these big kids are laughing at school at whatever he's saying. But as a five-year-old, you don't make up those kinds of words. And so it was what was put in was what was coming out. If I don't want that gossip to come out of my mouth, I better not listen to it. If I don't want that mute that words to come out of my mouth, I maybe don't watch those movies. I don't listen to that music because I don't want those things to come out. There are a lot of negative things that can happen with our tongue. We, we as Christians have to make some tough choices to say, I'm not going to do that. We're just going to have to make drastic cuts in our life in, in order to truly be different. But the choice is yours. God gave you a tongue. He's going to allow you to keep speaking whatever you want to speak. And it's just up to you if you're going to use it the right way or the wrong way. So our tongue is an ugly thing. It can be a wicked thing, a hurtful thing, a mean, terrible, awful, I wish I could cut this out, get rid of thing. But God lets you have it anyway. He says, I want you to do something good with your tongue instead of something bad with your tongue. The right use of your tongue is to build each other up. Don't let the unwholesome talk come out, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit, that it may be helpful to those who listen. That means to, instead of tearing people down, it means building them up, to bring them closer to completion, to strengthen, to what is going to help them, encourage them spiritually. So in other words, are the words I'm going to tell you going to push you away from Jesus, or the words that I tell you are going to make you want to go to Jesus or become more like Jesus. It's really those two categories of things that we have to say. 
Now, if you think about you think about the great game of basketball. I know we all love basketball. I love basketball, but I know everybody mostly likes basketball. And you think about a kid who's playing basketball. They're racing up and down the court, and they're 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 missing the ball. They're missing the shot. They're miss. They're they're just excited to play the game. They're nervous or whatever. And what do you what do you do? Do you say, kid, can I pick up a second? You don't say, Kate, you suck. Sit on the bench. Right? You don't say that kind of thing. You say, Kate, slow down. Kate, focus on the ball. Catch the ball before you throw it. Kate, pause before you shoot the shot. Right? You, you encourage Kate. You say, you can do this, Kate. I know you've got the skill. Slow down. Here's what you need to do to do better. That's what you do with a basketball player. You do that with your kids in school. You don't just say, well, you're a lousy, you're a dumb kid. You encourage them. You help them. You, you try to inspire them to do something better. The same should be coming out of our mouths as we as brothers and sisters in Christ talk to each other. We should be encouraging each other with God's word. You know, there is a, for whatever situation you're going through in life, there is something from God's word that can, that can help you. Whatever it is. You know, if you're dealing with doubt, there's words to give you hope. If you're dealing with Worry, there's words to give you reason for confidence. Uh, guilt, there's forgiveness. There, if you're dealing with despair, there's words of hope. Whatever it is that you're going through, God has words that He wants to be said. And you can say those words to somebody else. You get in conversations with each other. You can, God can bring to mind words to say. You use those words that are good to help other people. Number two, you use your words to pray with somebody. And pray for somebody. Uh, we had this experience uh, this last couple days. Uh, somebody stopped by and listened. But we were, and it was unexpected, not asked for. But someone stopped by and was sharing with us stuff with life. And that's exactly what we did. Not to say pat on my back. I'm just saying that you don't just say, "Hey, I'm going to pray for you." If you have the opportunity, pray with them. Right? That's going to encourage somebody all the more. Not just I appreciate that you pray with me or for me. But if you pray with me, I know. You're on my side. I know you've got my back. I know you are supporting me and you are encouraging me uh, by your prayers. Instructing somebody on what does God's word say. You know, and you group. We were talking about I'm making decisions in life. How do I decide what's the right decision to make? What career do I follow? Uh, what, what activities am I involved in? And God's word has a lot to say about that. You don't just say, follow your heart, or do you want to, or things like that. God's Word talks about seeking advice. It talks about man plans the heart, but the Lord determines the steps. There's a lot of what Scripture says that you can just use to instruct somebody. Not just my opinion, but if God's Word specifically says something, we share that with somebody. But this isn't always fun. Always using uh, saying words that are helpful are not always easy to say. Sometimes you have to recruit people. You have to show them where they're wrong. You hear they're involved in something, they're doing something. You don't just say, oh, good, I'm happy for you, or bite my tongue. That's not the time to bite your tongue. The time then is to say, well, what does God's word say about this? And you show them what's wrong. The loving thing to do is to show the sinner on his way to hell. There's fear running by. There's the other way to hell. What salvation? You don't just say, boy, I'm glad you're trying really hard. You know, this, this person who stopped by, uh, I was talking with them, and you know, he tried to bring up the Lord. And we were, we were discussing, you know, like, I kind of like this idea that I think 
we're living in hell right now. Everybody is going to go to heaven, and it's like, well, that sounds great. Right? I'm glad you think everybody's going to heaven, and this is as bad as it gets. But it's not. You know what I told them? God created a perfect world. Adam and Eve, there was nothing wrong in this world. What changed? It was sin. Everything as a result of that is why we are struck with our tongue. It's because of sin. And I said, we only get to heaven because of Jesus. Not everybody gets to go, but you've got to recruit and say, hey, this isn't right. Instruct them, say, this is what truly really is right. But you can also use your tongue to comfort in tough times. Uh, you know, I think about people who have gone through, I think about the, these two women who have lost their babies. And I, I, I have never gone through that. I, I'm glad I, I, it doesn't look out like I'll ever have to go through something like that, but I know it's difficult. But we can, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 4 says, talk about 1 3 and 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our trials so that we can comfort other people. You know, if you go through a tough time, you have an inside feeling of what it's really like. The best friend for a pastor to talk to is another pastor. The best friend for a grieving mother who lost her baby to talk to is another grieving mother who's lost their baby to talk to. Because they are understanding what's inside the shoes. The best person, if you lost a job, go find somebody who's lost a job and go be their support. Because they know exactly what that's like. Use your tongue for good. Don't say, that's awkward. I'm not really into that sort of thing. Go, go for it. Use your tongue to encourage other people. You have a tongue. It's your biggest asset for being a witness for the Lord. But it's also the biggest deterrent from the Lord. Use it for something good as opposed to something bad. Uh, Noah, are you up there? Yep. Okay, so there's a song you might have heard. It's called, It's Jesus' Fault. Okay, and I hope that's kind of provocative. Like, what is Jesus' fault? And you can look at the song as, as I'm blaming Jesus for something, or I'm giving credit for, to Jesus for something. But the idea behind the song is that I am a new man. This is something different that God has done in my life. There's, there's a change from what I was to what I was as a new man. So I just want to uh, let you watch this show. I'm going to put it in the weekly sermon snippets so as a link that you can click this if you want. But hear what it's saying. This is what I was, and this is what I am, and the difference is Jesus.